have you ever had a big regret in life like maybe following this podcast well what if you found out there was a way to maybe change your biggest regret in life this is geek bites and we are reviewing the discovery i'm rich and i'm joined as always by Stu. hi rich i mean maybe the regret could be you know um contributing to this podcast i don't know um maybe if we end up getting fired for inflammatory comments uh, we'll find out um like Paul I, like, I like to think we're always very careful so <laughs> yeah we censor ourselves because that's you know that's important not like Hartley Sawyer that got sacked from the flash um, <laughs> yes. yeah oh god uh, yeah, it was all right we'll be directing Suicide Squad soon um but yeah anyway that's a bit of an aside but yeah I mean this is a uh, this was one of those films that when you suggested it and um, like the topic uh, you know for those of you that haven't watched the film is all about death and um, what happens after death and you know, you suggested this film. I'm like, what the hell is he on? What's he smoking? This is this isn't the best thing to be watching at the moment. It doesn't seem particularly, uh, you know, it just seemed like a bit of a morose topic. Um, but yeah, I persevered. I watched it, and I'm glad I did because uh, well, it wasn't as depressing as I thought it'd be. Uh, I didn't leave it wanting to end it all, um, which is probably good. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, the film wasn't that bad anyway, and it ends the <laughs> discussions within it. The discussions within it didn't push me over the edge either. <laughs> Better than some of the choices I've made over this uh, podcast series. Um, so we'll see. We'll yeah, see. Yeah. Um, did you have a uh, one sentence review you wanted to kick us off with? Yeah. So this is, uh, I really wrote this very quickly. Um, but my, my one sentence review is film students assignment when given flatliners, romance and redemption as prompts. <laughs> Yeah, definitely does have the the flatliners vibe to it, doesn't it? It's kind of like flatliners, but well, like you say, flatliners, but a bit more philosophical slash romantic. Yeah, exactly. It's it's kind of you know they stripped out all of the action and all of the scares and whatever, and just made it all about thinking and talking <laughs> and thinking. That's exactly and, kind of my kind of film. <laughs> yeah, and talking about thinking and various other things. So it was a very interesting. It was different. It was um. But I, I liked it because, you know, we've had lots of sort of action ones. We've had big franchise ones. So it's kind of good to get back to the more cranial stuff. Uh, that, yeah. You know, your suggestions are renowned for. Um, <laughs> and it, it means we can kind of unleash your philosophical side. Uh, it's, you know, at some point during this episode. I mean, I do try. I do try. We'll see. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> um, so my, my one was basically uh, afterlife theory slips into time travel practice. Uh, and gives good good thoughts about it. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I think we'll we'll see we'll see how that kind of pans out. I think because um, well, I mean, kind of slipping into the overall thoughts. Then I think kind of although this is although this is ostensibly about the afterlife, in many ways it's actually about time travel. Because one of the biggest things about time travel is about being able to having regrets and stuff. And obviously we'll get into how that ties into it all. Um, so yeah, I think in many ways it's got more in common with a time travel film than a uh, than a um, afterlife exploration film. I mean, if, when you think about afterlife exploration films, obviously, like you say, you've got Flatliners, or you've got um, maybe What Dreams May Come with Robin Williams, but that's, that was um, those are quite different from how this from how this uh, film ultimately ends up going, uh, particularly the ending. Uh, so yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's weird because we've done about three, three time travel ones, if you consider this uh, as a time travel film. It seems to be our, our niche. Um, yeah, yeah, because yeah, we had time after time or whatever it was. We had last week's one or last month's one. Um, maybe another one, who knows? Um, but yeah, I, I see where you're coming from. It's kind of, you know, because 
you know, there was a lot of this whole, you know, because Robert Redford at one point is like, I don't believe in faith. I don't want to talk about faith. And it's just like, well, that's the thing. This whole film, you know, this is all about death, but they don't discuss faith once, really. There was no no philosophical debate about that side of things. It was yeah. very much a scientific thing and a very much a sort of clinical approach to it. Um, and he had his bunch of groupies in his life cult, as I described. Very strange, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's like, <laughs> no suicides in this cult. Oh, no, you're going to survive. You're going to live. Um, so, you know, and at one point he even says, I know it's a load of rubbish, um, but it's the only way to keep these people from killing themselves um, to his son. And it's like, well, that's fair. You know, he knows that he started a bit of a cult, but he's doing it for their for their benefit, really. And, yeah. um, you know, getting them to all wear boiler suits and follow work to a common cause was his way of kind of giving them the purpose again. Yeah. he's got a hierarchy in there he's making them have different colors i'd actually i'd actually not seen a film with robert redford in it for donkey's years i've kind of forgotten he existed but of course funny thing is in the watchmen series he's kind of like um the alternative version of ronald reagan you know an actor who suddenly becomes a bigger uh, president but yeah well, it's interesting to know and but he's uh i've not seen him in a film for years but i, I enjoyed him in this one so he's so robert redford is ronald reagan in watchmen well, no, in Watchmen. Um, well, in well, Watchmen, the TV series is set a bit further ahead from the original graphic novel. Yeah, um, I think you remember the graphic novel. Nixon was still president, but um, Robert Redford kind of ultimately takes on the Reagan role because obviously Reagan was a famous actor who became a president. But is he um, playing himself, or is he playing uh, Reagan? Robert Redford never actually appears in the TV show. He's just referenced. Oh, okay, that's quite twisted. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think Redford. Yeah, I think the last thing we saw him in was Endgame, probably, where he just had a brief appearance as the guy that was from Hydra. Um, oh, yeah, I forgot he was in that, actually, yeah. Yeah, and I think but the other only other film I've seen him in was um, Flight of the Condor. Was that the one? No, Three Days of the Condor, something like that. It's a, a spy thriller that my granddad recommended. It was really good. Um, so it's kind of like, it was nice to see this really good actor. Um, you know, he, I think he was being used quite well. It's kind of like... You know, yeah. I think the casting on this was really good, apart from sort of budget Khaleesi, which, um, I don't know, she, she was all right. But I think, you know, sort of ethereal waif, lost soul. I suppose, yeah, she did fit a bill, really, wasn't it? So, yeah. I yeah. Think she was fine, yeah. I mean, what, what did you think of Jason Segel? Obviously, I don't think I've ever seen him in a straight role before, straight as in non-comedic. Yeah, no, I was expecting some sort of, um, you know, roll around laughing thing. I mean, when I showed it to my partner as a sort of, you know, oh, we should watch this. I think she didn't really pay attention to the trailer. She thought it was a romantic comedy or something. Right. <laughs> so, so when I eventually told her it was about death and the afterlife and stuff, she's like, oh, OK, but she's committed now. Um, but yeah, but no, I don't know. I think I think he handled it quite well. I think he's not got a very broad range, really. He just is the same bloke. Um, Interesting. Interestingly enough, he was actually a um, he was actually the second casting. They originally had uh, Nicholas Holt cast. Oh, he would have been good. Yeah, yeah. Like, like they're quite different actors, aren't they? I mean, for one thing, Nicholas Holt's quite a lot younger. Um, but maybe that's what they were going, they were originally going for. I suppose I don't know. Um, Nicholas Holt being yeah, being um, about thirty or so. Yeah, I think the other thing is like because um, Robert Redford's got two sons in this. He's got the guy that we've just been discussing, who isn't Nicholas Holt in this one. And his stoner son. I'm like, surely if you're doing really important science about investigating the afterlife, you don't want a stoner type guy working under you. It's kind of like, surely that's, you know, you'd straighten him out or something. You wouldn't just have him sort of bumbling around, not knowing who he is or where he should be or how to have social graces. I don't know. Like, did you find that a bit? I mean, I suppose it's just charming character. But um, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah I know what you mean. I mean, it was kind of just... um. 
it, it, it kind of played it very flat. But maybe as as we learn more about the the film and his backstory, maybe that kind of made a bit of sense. Like he was kind of grieving or whatever, or maybe and. Oh, so he was basically like uh, using the puff to kind of dull his senses and forget about the horrible upbringing he had with his emotionally stunted dad and his dead mum. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I suppose when you put it that way. But still, it means he wouldn't be particularly competent with the technology. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh well. Yeah. But, but obviously, because he's got Robert Redford's genes, he can do it anyway. Um, yeah, exactly. He, he knows it all. It's fine. I've not seen him in a film for um. Toby. That was oh, what was his uh, Jesse Plemons. There you go, as Toby Harper. Oh, I don't know. I've never seen him in anything. Um, I saw him in Friday Night Lights a long time ago, which was a good show. Um, yeah, no, I, yeah, I didn't see that one. Um, <laughs> in terms of the general feeling about this, um, I, th- I mean, I'm probably alluded to it in my previous discussions, but I think it had a lot of padding. I think this is this would probably would have been a good short story or an episode of Black Mirror, um, but but I think they've kind of stretched it to an hour and forty minutes. It's like, was that really needed? You know, how much introspective twaddle do we need? You know, there's a few key plot points you need to tick, and then that was it. You know, that's d- 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 done. Uh, whereas with this, it was kind of like, you know, oh, let's spend ages staring at the beach and staring at the sea, and then let's go backwards and forwards and let's not tell each other things and. I don't know. There just seemed to be a lot of waiting around for something to happen. Um, it's a very, very dour film. Very kind of like, I mean, you could quite, you, you could kind of tell it was all very grey and stuff. And I suppose when you're thinking about it in terms of like the world it was set in, that would make sense. If you were in a world where literally people were killing themselves left, right, and centre because of this uh, thing that made people think, oh, the afterlife exists and it's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's yeah, it's almost like a, it was almost like a apocalypse in a way so many people die um, it was very much like the end game sort of um after the click or whatever when you've got yeah. everyone walking around grieving and sort of like not knowing how where to fit in the world anymore um so yeah i, th- I think it by toning it down like that visually and stuff like that and it was this bleak deserted island that they're visiting in this sort of um spooky old house that they were all living in um so yeah it was kind of there's a bit of not horror but kind of you know, like an ITV drama, you probably don't watch many ITV dramas, but there's always sort of a spooky house and a, a, a family secret and whatever. It felt like that. It didn't feel like it needed to be a Hollywood film. It felt like it could have been just a two-parter on ITV on a Saturday, or on a Sunday yeah. even, on a bank holiday. Um, it did actually know. feel like there were too many superstars in it for um, what it was, actually, didn't it? It could very much have been like an indie low-budget thing. Who were the other superstars then? You got Robert Redford, you got Robert Redford, Jason Segel. Um, so Rooney Mara's reasonably well known. Is that um, a woman? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I yeah. think that's decent. But I think yeah. no one probably would have watched it if it wasn't for, um, you know, them being in it. If that makes yeah. sense. Kind of like you know, oh, it's a film about death. Nah. <laughs> you know, they would have just had my instant reaction of nah. But um, I, I would have liked to have seen the Nicholas Holt version, to be honest. I do like Nicholas Holt. I do like, yeah, I think he would have been a better better character than the current guy, um, just because I think he's got more depth to him. This guy just seemed a bit, and he was too big, he was too sort of, too much of a physical unit. He didn't seem <laughs> yeah. to have too much kind of emotive stuff going on with him. Um, quite, an, which, quite an age gap between him and his brother as well. Yeah, and him and the, the love interest, I suppose. She's like uh, a year older than us, um, and he was probably much older. Um, yeah. Yeah, so it's a weird... 
But anyway, um, other than that, why is it also, I mean, my big thing and the big question that was with me the whole time through is why is everyone killing themselves? Just because they've proved that something happens in the brain after, you know, you die doesn't necessarily mean there's an afterlife. It just means that some neurons are firing. So it's kind of like, you know, there's some proof that something's happening or some electricity is going on or, you know, that there is something after death. But they're not saying whether it's good or bad. They're not saying whether you're going to go to heaven or hell. But yeah, it's like, oh, right, okay, there's an opportunity. Let's go kill myself. And you'd yeah. think, you know, like, okay, there's a lot of broken people in the world, but I wouldn't imagine, like, um, there was a counter going up, wasn't it? It was like 4 million or even 40 million, something like that. People have killed themselves. It's like, yeah. what, on the, on the off chance that it's, um, you might go to some sort of heaven or might go to a better place. It just seemed a bit, I don't know. I mean, you can imagine people doing it, but... You've, you've got enough people out there who kind of feel like it's, the grass is greener on the other side type thing. Um, I mean, they definitely hadn't... And I'll tell you what, I don't feel like the film actually... Obviously, we saw them kind of discovering how to record what these people were seeing, but I don't think they really explained how they initially figured out the afterlife was real, what they were actually... Was it just people coming back and saying they had seen stuff? Um, but no, maybe... I think during the interview at the beginning, Robert Redford mentioned, like, you know, oh, we've, we've, we've proven that, uh, you know, your consciousness lives on after death, so that there is something on afterwards. Right. Uh, so that's kind of, like, you yeah, know... Yeah, didn't expand on it much. Yeah. yeah, it was just a bit in conversation. So, OK, you've proven... That I live. All right, fair enough. Something might happen. You know, there's a bit of hope there. But, you know, all oh, right, life is... I'm a bit down. I'm going to I'm gonna off myself. You know, it's just... It just seemed a bit too much of a leap. You know, if they've started recording stuff and saying, oh, by the way, you can go back and solve that date that you missed out on or that family member that you didn't see and, you know, that yeah, yeah. you died or whatever. Then, Which, yeah, and that's, yeah. of course, where they go with it because he says, oh, we can't release this because everyone would go for it. Yeah, but then, that's, but then that's the thing. I was thinking it would end up in a massive loop because basically, say there's a Robert Redford doing this on every single plane, you know, so in this plane, he says, oh, you kill yourself, you can go back and solve your biggest regret. So the next plane, they turn up and then he says, oh, you kill yourself, you go back and solve your biggest regret. So then they kill themselves because they're like, you know, that maybe they don't fix the regret because they just see killing themselves as an easy way out to. You see what I mean? If people keep killing themselves or actually, no, if they didn't release it, people would keep killing themselves. Like the fact that you solve your latest regret. Right. People are just going to keep killing themselves and not solve anything and just be in this loop forever. Does that make sense? Or maybe it will turn out that almost their regret becomes actually killing themselves. Or maybe he'll kill himself and his biggest regret will be. Turning it in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe, you know, how many how deep does the rabbit hole go? Maybe we're in his reality where he's gone back and changed it. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you've definitely thought about this a bit more than me. Um, But yeah, I mean, the other thing that I found was a bit weird was why, why is there, you know, this is a very high tech lab, allegedly, but all the techs from the 70s had like a bit of an Amstrad up on the corner uh, where they were recording people's brainwaves and like an analog screen and stuff. And it's just like, you know, I know that they've got to de-age it, like you can't have like Sony computers everywhere or whatever, because then suddenly Sony will be defunct and whatever, or full HD TVs, because then it'll be 4K. But by making it all look like 70s tech, it's just kind of a bit... All right, you're doing all this with I, this junk, you know. I know what you mean, but um, I think in a way, almost when you look at um, say for example, paranormal investigations or whatever, they often they don't often just have like quite analog cameras and stuff. Maybe it's a kind of thing how like the paranormal, you don't want 
you know, if you recorded things did on the digital thing with any kind of computers involved, maybe people would be able to say, oh, that's just a glitch in the software or whatever. Whereas if you're being completely pure and just literally translating brainwaves or whatever to an analog picture, maybe that kind of takes out another possible element of unreliable uh, narrator or unreliable senses in a way. You know, there's the there's the um there's the uh, analogy with uh, whether you can actually trust any of your senses because we know that the mind does play tricks on us. So maybe they're just trying to take out any kind of digital trickery or glitches or whatever that might get in the way. That's how that's how I've hand waved that away. That's a very hand wavy explanation. It's just oh, well, you know, analog superior. You're like one of these sort of uh, vinyl people. It's like one well, analog superior to digital. And if you're going to record people's brainwaves, of course you're going to do it analogly because then it won't be, Windows won't have an update halfway through. Um, <laughs> it's just like really. I mean, how the hell? And also, but then they recorded it on this analog system. Then he's walking around watching it on a tablet. And it's just like, well, you've obviously got digital technology here. <laughs> so how the hell did you get that off? And oh, maybe yeah. it's changed. But anyway, I mean, I, yeah. like It's in the cloud see, automatically. Yeah, it's in the cloud from their sort of 8-bit Amstrad or something. But, <laughs> you know, I, but you, yeah, you can hand wave it away because the technology wasn't the point, was it? It was kind of what they were doing with it. So that was kind of yeah. just a not... Um, it was yeah. quite... A, quite a crazy actual machine was actually just the not the sheer mesh of wires that were coming out of the head and stuff yeah, and I, that was well done it's good good yeah. sort of a set design or whatever and like you know like i've just seen a poster on um imdb and if a big part of the poster is just wires all over your head and all that jazz and it's just like oh yeah. okay, okay um but yeah it's oh it's a rain dance a sundance film of course it is um <laughs> yeah but yeah it's um yeah, there was a. I mean, what were your overall thoughts? I mean, I, I kind of sat there and surgically assaulted it. But what's uh, what do you think about it? I mean, I did like the um, I like like I've said, I like the whole feeling of kind of like a world kind of in turmoil, even though we didn't really see that much of the world. Like, and everywhere it did go seemed quite empty. Like even when he went along to that hospital, it was pretty dead. <laughs> dead yeah, for want of a better word. Yeah. Um, but um, that kind of so that's why I got kind of like this feeling that this was almost um, almost like post rapture. I mean, you know, you know, in the various religions, you've got this idea that everyone's, particularly in Christianity, you've got this idea that everyone's going to get taken away to heaven at one point, and then you're going to have seven years of war between Jesus and the Antichrist. Um, and you know, there's been some TV shows and stuff set in that period, and you know, when the whole, you know, I'm thinking of possibly like there was a show called The Leftovers on sky a few years ago <laughs> well yeah, yeah. and uh, and even then it was only like two percent of the world have actually, actually vanished but that was such a depressing show just because everyone was just like walking around in just like absolute days almost and every now and then some people like wondering where their family had gone and some people had not lost anyone and other people had lost a lot were the only person left from their family and stuff um, they didn't quite figure out any link as to what had happened why those people had been chosen but i got like a very similar vibe in this film and i don't know if it was because jason siegel his uh, character uh, will was um just wandering around almost completely in a daze because he was so obsessed with trying to save this person and of course then when you get to the end of the film you find out that the whole film's essentially been in his head um it kind of does make more sense that the whole film is just very barren and stuff it's like that does reflect probably does reflect his state of mind if you see what i mean even though it's a little bit vague as to whether these memories actually happened or whether uh, at what point was reality, if you see what I mean. Uh, so I did like that element of it, the whole kind of feel it felt. It, 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 it fit the theme to me. I mean, 
I couldn't really. It's, it's always difficult with films like this as to whether you can think of any plot holes or whatever. Um, but I, I think this film is really quite open to interpretations to what actually happens. So, and you know, maybe you can say, maybe some people might say, oh, that means there is plot holes if it can't all be explained. But sometimes some films just need a little bit of interpretation as to. I think that's the thing. I think films aren't there to be definitive, are they? They're there to, um, you know, the good films are the ones that leave you behind with questions. Well, not not as in Star Wars, as in what the hell happened. Um, But as in the ones that kind of leave you thinking and debating it and like, was it a good thing or a bad thing that ended this way? And yada, yada, yada. I think that's a sign of a good film, isn't it? Because you've got debate going on. Um, But yeah, I I don't, yeah, I like your comparison with Flatliners and the Rapture and all that jazz because it did feel like that. But the irony is, in this world, uh, it was the selfish people that were killing themselves, or you know, the troubled people. How have we gotten to suicide again? It wasn't there another one of these where we ended up. <laughs> anyway, it's the selfish people or the whatever people that ended up killing themselves, and those that were willing to kind of keep going. I think the more heroic ones. Um, so you know, it's weird when it's on the flip side of the rapture, isn't it? Whereas the good people have gone allegedly, yeah. and the bad people are left behind. Um, speaking of watch, have you watched so, um, the film with Seth Rogen and James Franco? I think it's called This Is the End or The End or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, I watched I watched that a while ago. Yeah, it was. It's that a, was. It's a terrible film. It's terrible. <laughs> but uh, that was based on the rapture, wasn't it? And like, there's yeah, a bit, that's right. Yeah. There's a bit in there where James Franco tries to sacrifice himself for Seth Rogen and the other one. And um, then he starts getting pulled up by God because God decides he's worthy now. And then, right. then at that point, he's just like, Suck, fuck you, bitches. I'm getting out of here. And then God realizes he's not worthy anymore and just drops him back down again. Um, yeah, you, you, got, you got to think that was obviously James Franco's idea to uh, be the most worthy person or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it, 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 full of himself. <laughs> yeah, but no, that's it. After he tried to sacrifice himself, then got cocky and then didn't sacrifice himself and all that jazz. But it's just a weird it's a i mean that was a weird film but that kind of covered similar topics but was more apocalyptic um and gross out humor um but anyway let's move on because that's not this film uh, yeah no, favorite, favorite scenes at all did you, did you have a particular one that stood out to you or i mean i touched on my sort of notable mention which is when robert redford said i know it's all a load of rubbish but i'm doing it for their benefit that was quite good yeah. uh, but my favorite scene was when uh they've Robert Redford got frustrated because, um, you know, they couldn't get the brainwaves from the dead guy because, you know, you know, one thing, um, the main character, he's just like, I don't believe in what my dad's doing. I don't want people to know about death, blah, blah, blah. I'll help you steal a cadaver. I'll help you plug it into the thing and then I'll help you cover up the fact we stole the cadaver. He's really committed for the fact he doesn't want to. Anyway, favourite scene, Robert Redford plugs himself in. They all race down to try and stop him and tell him that it works. And then you see, like, the, the, the mum that's basically was the reason this whole family fell apart, basically, that killed herself because Robert Redford was neglecting her. You see this scene where um, she comes in and she's like, honey, you know, would you join me for dinner? And he's just like, oh, in five minutes, darling, you know, when I finish my work. And then yeah, you, yeah. You, you see goes off and goes off to kill herself. And you're sitting there and you think, come on, come on. And then it's so nice to see him get up and realise his mistake and go out and just be like, Oh, you know what? Work can wait. Let's work. You know, let's come. You know, spend time together or whatever. And it was just, just, just so nice. It was kind of like just, oh, yes, there was something good here, you know. And you kind of, you know, from that other guy seeing his dead family memory, you thought it was kind of a miserable memory. But with this one, it's like, yes, thank God, he's solved this problem. He's saved this woman. 
yeah. and I think I, that was probably the most emotionally engaged I was with this film, of like saving this poor wife that was like just killed herself because of neglect. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, and this is kind of going into the theory of it, but the theory of it. But so when he's in there experiencing that, is he creating a whole extra, a whole additional plane of existence, a whole alternative universe there? And then when they pull him back out of it, is that alternative universe still going on? Do we think? But that's yeah, but that's my point. Did it happen if he was resuscitated? If as, as soon as he's resuscitated, that world might not exist anymore. So yeah, it's a bit of a did they basically undo all that good work by pulling him out? And I think the film just leaves that a bit ambiguous. But I suppose yeah. when Robert Redford does eventually die in real life, um, or in whatever <laughs> life he's in, um, the character, then he can go. He will save her hopefully or like you say his other regret might have because it's weird isn't it because he re- he doesn't regret m- millions of people killing themselves but he regrets his wife which is nice but i suppose once he saves his wife then the next regret will be those millions of people then once he gets rid of that regret he might not have any more regrets you know what i mean so it's kind of yeah, you, yeah. Might, you might have to go back in time and solve each one individually um before you can then be let off into heaven because i think it's kind of implied that they're only on this loop until they've got rid of all their regrets and then they can go off and do whatever uh, well, you know, they go off to a better place. This is how I read the end. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so maybe that's it. But that was my favourite scene, just because it was quite emotive and they kind of it was being touched upon all the way through. That like, you know, this tragedy befell their family and it was all the dad's fault because he was neglecting his wife. So it's nice to see that the dad realised that that was the problem and that's what he managed to solve in this rerun. And that's what, what yeah. I kind of call it. Um, well, so if he considers that's his biggest regret, obviously, I suppose. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, considering how, what a bad impact that had on both of his sons, yeah, he's arguably right. And would he, would he still have managed to even create the machine if he had have saved her? Maybe that would have been a turning point that he'd have, like, said, oh, actually, I'm concentrating too much and this doesn't really matter and stuff or whatever. I don't know. It's, I suppose, but maybe for him to do that, he would have had to have been a completely different person who wouldn't have been so driven to make this huge, amazing discovery. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, but and I suppose that's good in a way because by saving her, there's a trickle effect, which means she doesn't make the discovery, which means millions of people don't die. So that could have been like this one strategic strike in the past to solve all the problems that followed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I'll, I'll go on to my. Um, favorite scene i think it was, it was quite early on it was just before they went out to um steal the body from the uh, hospital and they were yeah. just kind of lying they were lying on the bunk beds um her on top him on the bottom and just kind of talking nonsense really and talking about the um actual uh so this was just after she tried to kill herself actually and um uh will had saved her uh by basically diving into the sea or whatever at first she'd got the arm and at first he was just kind of trying to like say well why'd you do it and then she goes into this long almost soliloquy about kind of saying oh you know what sometimes you feel like you feel like yeah there's it's better off for someone else to be there because you're not making the most out of your life or something i think this in some ways kind of makes this almost explains why some people would have um done it so i think you touched earlier about how um didn't quite hold water that so many people would have just uh, flipped the switch and uh, gone over um, but I think yeah I think it just kind of reflects that a lot of people in this world do kind of just feel a bit unsatisfied and stuff like imposter um, syndrome yeah imposter syndrome yeah absolutely um you know are you making the most out of your life uh, and I think you know in many ways it's kind of like the 21st century's um 
mental uh, mental problem uh, mental condition that you know I think back in the day when religion was more pervasive around society I think it kind of gave people a lot of purpose in life but I think in the 21st century uh, where people are starting to move away from that it does kind of leave you with a whole in, uh, a, a gap in your pur purpose for your life and you're wondering oh what's actually the point you know would someone else be making more of this than me whereas if you're you feel like you're doing it all for the purpose of a higher being or something um you can um you can actually uh uh come back to you can actually feel like you, that helps you not feel that way. It feels like you know you're you're doing what you're supposed to be doing here. Um, so I don't. Know, I think I just quite like that because it's a bit more thought provoking. Kind of showed a bit more about what was underneath the bones of this film, um, which I think I think was, and I'll probably touch on this more a bit later. But um, I feel like that was a uh, one of the key points, the key messages of this film, kind of because um, I, I think it, it, when it comes, well, I'll, I'll I'll touch on that more a bit later. Um, you know, yeah. well, I, I mean, I, I kind of, um, you know, I did like that scene as well. And it's kind of, um, yeah, I think she kind of mentioned, I mean, I do like this whole, like you say, like oh, imposter syndrome. It's like, why am I here? Am I, you know, am I taking a place of someone important? You know, uh, it, that was kind of, but then, you know, because I've got this other perspective on it. I'm just like, you know, come on, love, you're killing yourself. ain't going to make someone live. <laughs> you know, yeah. so I was sitting there thinking you're talking drivel. And it's just a cop out, um, you know, no offense to people that have been in that situation and do stress about these things, but this is my take. Um, what I liked about that conversation is the bit where she's like, well, what happens to animals? Do animals go to heaven? Um, yeah, and is there, an animal he is there a pig heaven and a duck heaven and a chicken heaven? And you're like, well, actually, yeah, that's a good point. And also, then what do they eat in pig, pig heaven or duck heaven? Do they eat an appro appropriation or approximation of seeds? Or do they eat like a, if you went to lion heaven, do you eat sort of fake gazelle? Yeah, yeah. It, it's just, yeah, it kind of hits your mind. Yeah, so what I was thinking was, like, why didn't Robert Redford just stick it on an animal first to see what would happen? You know, that would have been quite interesting, like finding a dead animal, going to the butchers, whatever, rather than stealing a cadaver. So that's where I thought they were going to go with it. And then suddenly she's stealing a corpse. And I'm like, okay, this is uh, dark. Um, yeah, yeah so it's, um, that, those good points, because, you know, a lot of that, I think those, if you start tugging at those threads, too hard than most kind of theories of the afterlife or any kind of higher power or higher consciousness kind of fall apart because you've either got to accept that human exceptionalism isn't a thing or you've got to accept that there's no logical end and that animals literally are dumb beasts with no consciousness which doesn't seem a very moral perspective to take um so yeah yeah it's, it's i mean or, or we each have our own afterlife where we live with our own but then what if you had a favorite dog oh. Do you get to see their dog? Do you can kind of visit each other in each other's afterlife? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get you know, the other afterlife, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just one of those, um, yeah, it's just pretty messed up. So, but that was a good conversation. Uh, it was when they started going into what happens to kids. Does kids have an afterlife? I'm like, whoa, don't want to be starting thinking about this, man. This well, is just too yeah. dark. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's the kind of thing you have to think about, though, if you're seriously thinking about stuff like that. And yeah, if you start tugging too much, yeah, all, kinds, all kinds of crazy thoughts come out. I didn't let myself go that deep with it. I, I, <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't let myself go that deep with much, most things unless it's the hatred of Star Wars um, <laughs> or, or Disney version. But um, the yeah. other thing, I mean, basically, there's a lot on this film that you really need to pay attention to these deep, meaningful conversations. And I think I missed quite a few bits. Like he was talking about his dream when he was a kid or, oh, no, what is it? He died and then he'd come back and he remembered something. And she was talking about how her kid died. So do you mind telling me how her kid died? Because I missed that bit. 
because um, that was in the same conversation, wasn't it? Yeah, she um, her kid died in in the sea, drowning in the sea. She took her eyes off him, and he, he she was on the beach, took her eyes off him, and he drowned in the sea. So, uh, well, I think if if you missed that, you probably missed a pretty crucial point right again. <laughs> yeah, I kind of, I kind of, when I watched that bit at the end, I'm just saying. I thought it was the bath you know it's kind of like you know I, yeah. for some reason I thought he drowned in a bath um so when I saw the end I'm like oh that sort of makes more sense yeah um, yeah, yeah that's how that's how her kid died um and, oh. yeah, yeah uh and so well I mean that if we could start I think I mean, we could move on to talk about the ending I suppose yeah yeah I mean um, to be fair I don't really have a worst scene I don't I think it was for me it was just in general the, the, the slow pacing of it was kind of a bit frustrating like you wanted more stuff to happen but in, in overall worst scene I don't think I had one did you did you write anything down uh, I mean firstly for in terms of like slow I love films like that it was just slow slow films of people just saying words at each other half the time uh, yeah. I'd just, I'd just let it wash over me and send uh, kind of process it all in my mind and see what see what spits out at the end uh, so yeah, I, I like stuff like that. But um, my worst scene, I, I felt like the whole hospital scene was a little bit um, out of character with the rest of it, and it kind of went a bit comedic and unbelievable. I don't know if they were kind of trying to push kind of like the manic pixie dream girl element of um, Isla's character or something. Um, but which, I don't know, bit it, the, which bit in the hospital? Uh, when they were stealing the cadaver. And what what did she do wrong there? I can't. I wasn't... Oh, she did. Well, they they snuck into a morgue and stole a body. Oh yeah, uh, so that was a bit sort of oh, so it's kind of a bit out of place with the rest of this serious drama, and oh, let's still exactly yeah 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 okay, that makes sense. That's all yeah. Um, no, I mean that was the only thing I had, and yeah, it was minor minor quibble, just didn't quite seem to fit with the rest. But um, but yeah, um, yeah. so I suppose we kind of move on to discussing how we feel the ending was, and so I'll quickly summarise what we saw, which was him kind of dying uh in the dream he kind of had went into the machine had a memory with her saying he wanted to save her because she'd been shot um and he wakes up on a beach and he saves this little boy and turns out that isla's this little boy's mother and you know does that then therefore she told him about that happening if his biggest regret is that he wasn't able to save her is that basically saying that the only way he could stop her from killing herself or dying in some way or committing suicide was for her to not lose her son on that beach is how I interpreted that um so you know in every other sense obviously she was on her way to kill herself when they first met on the ferry she tried to kill herself uh even when he did manage to talk her out of that she kind of managed to uh, it was almost like the universe was saying oh she's supposed to be dead Uh, so because Lacey came up and shot her in this timeline um so in terms of what actually happened he went all the way back even it was almost like his biggest he had to solve his biggest regret in a way that he didn't even know he was solving it well that's deep by um because basically if his regret was that there was no way that he would know that that was how he um could save her but the fact was it's almost implied that he's been there so many times. I mean, for example, there was points in the, you know, when he first sees her on the ferry, he's like, oh, you look really familiar to me. And that's not yeah. really tough again. Um, <laughs> when he first goes to the house, he, he goes to his room and they're like, oh, how did you know we were going to put you in this room? And that's kind of not touched on again. Um, but it's kind of, so it's implied he's been through this so many times. It's almost kind of like he's exhausted every other avenue and his subconscious has taken him back to, he's finally, he's heard her talk about her son so many times 
that he maybe thinks, oh, actually, the only way I can actually save her is by going right back to that key point, that sliding doors moment, if you like, and save her that way. Um, you know, was he even actually there at the time? It's a massive coincidence if he wasn't, if he was actually there at the time. Or does he even just kind of think himself mentally into that other place? Because uh, you know he's been th- he's been around it so many times he almost reaches enlightenment, and this is kind kind of goes back to almost uh, Buddhism and reincarnation, where you basically get reincarnated so many times until you reach Nirvana, which is the state of ultimate enlightenment, and that's how he's that is this is almost about the afterlife will turns into reincarnation in a kind of time travel way, go, keep on going back to the same place um, until you've solved your life almost and found out exactly what you need to do you become all powerful within your own mind to get to wherever you need to go to save the kid and to save her and therefore resolve your biggest regret and then that's it you're done uh, it's so it's kind of almost goes from the um traditional western philosophy of the afterlife to almost a buddhist zen reincarnation version of the afterlife wow i mean <laughs> that's deep i mean uh, yeah yeah I, I kind of now that you've explained it it all makes so much more sense i mean like the fact- <laughs> Because basically, like you said, at the end, like when he he has that brief conversation with her in his brain and she tells him that he's been going around and around in circles for quite a while. And it hints at all those sort of reboots that he's done. Uh, And then like right at the end, he's like, I've got a saviour, I've got a saviour, I've got a saviour. He's kind of like you say, he's willing himself. He's using the power of whatever to get to a point where he can go and save her. I will remember you. That's it. Yeah, and and the only way he manages to do that is by sort of subconsciously being there to save the kid from dying. Um, yeah, I knew I never even I never even saw that coming. To be fair, I was kind of because I didn't <laughs> didn't hear that the kid died on the beach. Um, I thought that it was a different thing. I, what my interpretation was that um, you know because she's like you finally have saved me or whatever before we did that though. Did you did you remember that? Did you hear yeah. that bit? She's like you have yeah. finally saved me. Yeah. I so mean, I don't if... Oh, sorry. Yeah, go on. What's your no, take on My take on that is the fact that, um, you know, like previously, he's just managed to save her from killing herself. And then this time round, they got as far as her seeing that when you do die, you can solve whatever your regret is. Right. So my thinking is, well, actually, he saved her by giving her that revelation that by dying, she can save the kid. So that's how he saved her. And that's how the loop is ending, because he's finally reached the end of his um you know his need to be going in a loop because he's he's kind of freed her so he doesn't regret that woman dying anymore if that makes sense so by doing that so maybe her how the hell he ends up on that beach i don't know i think maybe like yeah i mean that is just i just i don't know so, I mean, some some people would probably say, oh, it was a coincidence that he was there. Um, just yeah, let's yeah. just accept that. I, I, that's too much of a coincidence for me. I think I do I do prefer the idea that he kind of thought himself back to it somehow. But I, I mean, but I, I thought that she, you know, the kid died in the bath originally. She saved him in the bath. I mean, I know this is the wrong interpretation because it didn't happen. She <laughs> saved him in the bath, and then uh, at the time when they would have met on the ferry, the kid was going to die in the ocean anyway. So then he just happens to be walking past because they happened to be on the island at the same time, and he saves her, and then that's how I, oh, I, I remember you sort of thing. I don't know, oh. but it's a bit sort of wishy-washy waving it. Like, I don't know, it's it's just odd. I, I definitely think that by saving her and revealing that she can, you know, do something about the kid dying that's how he saved her and that's how the loop ended but i don't know how that ends up with him being on the beach to save her unless she uses her mind by me to put him there i don't know um but, yeah, I'm, but, not, 
I'm not sure it's her mind. I think he's the one in control because he's the one in the machine, surely. Um, um, and I think also when at the end when they're on the ferry, she explains that she's not actually herself. She's just his memory, his mind type thing. Yeah. So I don't think I don't think it's I don't think she's got any agency in this, uh, unfortunately. But then purely. But she said, you've saved me, you've done it this time, or something like that, didn't she? Yeah, but that's that's his own mind making her say that, and maybe that's because he's finally figured it out, and he's finally figured out what he needs to do to actually save her. Um, but, I maybe. I mean, but it's funny when you said about the woman shooting the other woman. Like, I thought that whole, oh, go away, you know, you're not wanted anymore, and then her coming back and crazily shooting someone, mm. um, that was a bit sort of forced in. But when you kind of look at it, like you say, it could be the cosmos sorting stuff out. Because at some point she was just like, I haven't uh, killed her. I've moved her on or I've given her a release yeah. or something. And Because that would have made more sense if she'd have seen the machine working and knew about the fact that you get a reboot. You know, that would, oh, right, OK, I can kill her so she can save her kid. Especially if them two had talked about it and she knew that the kid was the reason that she wanted to die. If that makes sense, not just, oh, I'll just kill her so I can get my spot back. Um, yeah, well, I think maybe what she was actually doing was maybe a bit more kind of, um, oh, because she got kicked out for telling people it didn't work. So maybe she was kind of trying to prove her faith or maybe she was kind of trying to get, I think she was possibly trying to get um, Robert Redford to admit that it didn't work because she was like saying, oh, OK, well, if you believe this actually works, you should actually be agreeing with me and saying thank you. And you're saying well done for relocating her. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I don't know, it was kind of, it just felt a bit kind of, everything else seemed to make sense, and they were about to tell everyone, oh, it's a dud, don't worry about it, and then, oh, you're bang, you know, yeah. oh, you know, oh, conveniently killed this woman, and, yeah, yeah, because, and also, why didn't the bloke put the woman in the machine to see the woman save her, her son, you know, why did he put himself in the machine, that's to be, I didn't understand, it's kind of like, surely, you know, a person's just died, you've managed to test people's brain other dead people's brains why not test the woman that you love's dead per, dead brain to see her save what? her child and then there you go bob's your uncle done and then when he's next to loop around yeah he'll he'll probably stop her from dying you know it just felt a bit sort of oh it's all about me um yeah, yeah. i suppose so that's a good point he could have tried that couldn't he um yeah you've got a machine to read dead people's brain your girlfriend's just died in your a dead person. <laughs> you, you know oh i'll just chuck her on the ground and go in the thing but maybe it was because it was a police scene wasn't it or something like that um so maybe they took it away um, yeah yeah i don't know it's just i don't know it, it was a good film it's it's very thought-provoking but it's some of the thoughts were just i don't know Fine. one last thing about it i think which is valid the fact it's called the discovery which kind of has themes of enlightenment and stuff and then enlightenment is again a theme about reincarnation and buddhism and nirvana and stuff so yeah i think that's further or maybe i'm reading too much into that but in my personal theory the the name ties into the theme quite well what discovery discovery being yeah. in discovery as enlightenment yeah, I mean, I, I just reminded of something I was going to say. Is, you know, right at the beginning, there's that interview of Robert Redford where they're like, you know, do you feel any guilt about, you know, telling people that there's an afterlife and all these people dying? And he was yeah. basically saying nothing. It, it just felt like he was like Dominic Cummings. Like, you know, I have no regrets. I didn't do anything yeah. wrong. I was just, you know, just doing what I do, you know, la, la, la. And it's kind yeah. of like, you know, so that was kind of a... But I liked the fact that when the guy shot himself in front of him, and it was kind of like, I mean, I didn't like the fact that some poor coach uh -huh. killed himself, but it's a good way of kind of waking me up from the boring monotony of conversation. And <laughs> I don't know, just kind of like bringing to life this, oh, there's a cult of people killing themselves because of your words. Look, here's someone doing it in front of you. And it kind yeah. of explains why they've then had to become recluse, uh, reclusives and run away sort of thing. 
But um, yeah. yeah, in terms of the end, I'm just yeah, it's a bit it's open to interpretation, isn't it? Like it's kind of confusing what end what happened. But I like your whole Zen sort of reached Nirvana and can can control where I end up when I resurrect myself. Pers- yeah. uh, version. I think that makes a lot of sense. I think we yeah. So we've kind of discussed the end and what okay. we think well, what we think happened i still haven't got a clue but you know yeah. uh, um so i think you had a bit about the ethical implications of the afterlife yeah um, so, um i mean we, and we've kind of touched on this where we say oh you know would people actually commit suicide to go up to, just on the basis of having like a reset button or whatever i think it's more interesting as if once you pointed out that people have got the chance to go back and change their greatest regret um that's when it becomes kind of more interesting or not even necessary to change it, but just experience it as if you had changed it. Um, so that's kind of where it comes to more ethical question about whether you'd go for it. And also, and like I say, kind of almost more like time travel. And I think it depends on another element about this film that we've mentioned that you don't actually, we don't know whether it's the case or not. Does the, if when you create this new, um, this new, um, timeline and when you wake up again does it continue to happen or not or are you just kind of dipping into another plane of existence because uh, i think obviously the multiverse theory everything has happened somewhere so maybe you're just kind of dipping into another plane where you have actually where that has happened in that way and it can carry on like that way so it's not like you're actually changing anything it's just like you're experiencing it um so if that's the case if it is actually happening somewhere anyway you're not actually uh, taking anything away from someone. Yeah, so basically that alternative reality is already existing. Your brain just happens to be passing over. But then again, that means, yeah, yeah like quantum leap sort of thing. But then again, that doesn't mean, you know, it's not about solving your biggest regret or is like the afterlife, then just seeing <laughs> how it could have ended or how it could yeah. have gone rather than you actually having any agency there. Um, but because of what you said, I don't think that's that's the case. Um, yeah, I don't think it is. I think it's more kind of going back to, um, and yeah, it's more kind of just going back and reaching nirvana, reaching enlightenment, um, which does require some form of kind of multiverse, unless it literally all is happening in his head. Maybe it's, maybe none of it actually happened. It's literally just been coming to terms with it and that's how he can move on. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, I don't know, there's a lot to unpack there. Um, I don't know, I'm just trying to kind of, yeah, figuring out how to respond. Um, That's <laughs> <laughs> no, fine, because, um, yeah, I guess, how can I kind of expand on that a bit more? It's it's kind of, if you, I mean, we, there's so much about this film we don't know, basically. Um, but if the interpretation is that you are just kind of spying on another part of the multiverse, then that's fine and then a lot of people if people did find out that was possible even if they didn't fully understand that was what they were actually signing up for they'd probably still go for it so i think in terms of ethics you'd be hard pressed to find someone who could who wouldn't kind of take their biggest regret i mean the definition of a regret is something that you want to change i think or you'd rather hadn't happened anyway um and in terms of you know i'm sure we can both think of our biggest regrets you know would we rather if we had the chance to if we were told if you do this you'll be able to go back to it and change it i think we probably would wouldn't we i think most people would i don't know it's, it's one of those things though because that them sort of things is what shapes you as a human being and if you know that uh, it's going to be resolved when you you know next time round 
why would you end this world? Because then you end up with like a whole world that's devoid of any um, life or content just because everyone tops themselves to solve problems that had already happened. Um, so I just think it would just end up with lots of selfish people doing it because they want instant gratification, which is the problem with society anyway. So it's one of those things. Um, I, I've just, um, I was just trying to get the film up to see how the kid actually died. I, I swear she was sleeping and he died in the bath. I'll have to watch it again. No, I won't watch it again. I'll just get to that scene. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just don't know. I think it's, I think it's just selfish people doing doing that just so they can get a better chance next time round. And then you worry about the poor souls left behind. Like you said about that leftover series or whatever. You just have a world of people that don't have any regrets. Well, I suppose they'd be ha- nice, happy, clappy people, um, or people that just embrace the pain. Um, yeah, but then what's that world going to look like? I mean, I did think it was a bit weird that they had a sign on the wall saying how many people had killed themselves. I mean, it was a good plot device, but then surely from a societal thing, you don't really want to be told, oh, this many people died, uh, killed themselves. Uh, it could be you, sort of thing. Uh, I think it's raising awareness, though, isn't it? It's like it's like we keep following how many people have died of coronavirus around the world lately. Uh, yeah, but you, don't, you, don't, but you don't have it pe- posted on the wall and, and you don't really have a choice. Whereas with the suicide things, it's like this many people have copped out. You can cop out, too. But, yeah, I, I think it was a good choice, Rich. I think it, yes, would, be, it would be nice to get back to another sort of genre, you know, like a, a big franchise one. But I don't think there's anything out or anything even because I was thinking of Dark Phoenix or something. But then I don't want to pay money for it. So it's not streaming anywhere at the moment. So, yeah, it just turns out. Well, yeah. it's your choice isn't it your choice next so let me know um, yeah i'll try and yeah. find something you know yeah until then well i think it's time to prorogue this bad boy cool uh, yeah uh so thanks everyone for listening thanks for joining me Stu. uh everyone watch out on facebook instagram uh and stuff we, maybe we'll post something there at some point and uh <laughs> uh catch you next time the next episode of geek bites see you in the rerun